So it was Godly Revolution. Lots of young people getting together, making lots of noise. And one of the artists that was there for the first time was Delana Euster. So we thought, let's give him the whole night, experience it, and then he can tell us how the night went. Was it stunning what happened and everything? So Delana, hello, how you doing? I'm good, thanks. Hello. So tell me, you won Lotte Jaich which was a talent competition, and one of the prizes or, or the, well, one of the results of winning this competition was that you would be a featured artist at Godly Revolution. So now you, you land at the airport, and now you're going to go to this thing. Take me from there and tell me your experience. What happened? Okay, let's go. So landed and got my lift. Um, good friends of ours picked me up, and um, then I went to their house. This was the Thursday, and I hanged out there for a while. We caught up, and all tears and stuff because you know you don't see these people in years. And um, then I went over to my host, and um, I slept over there for two nights. Um, but on the Thursday night, um, had a nice dinner and uh, very spoiled. And the next day, I got up early, uh, had an interview, and then um, I got went back home. Some friends came over. Um, I tried not to, in, to invite everyone and tried to keep it under the radar because, you know, like one person finds out you're visiting and then the next person finds out and it's a disaster because everyone wants to see you and they're like, why didn't you see me? And so, <laughs> but anyway... Tried to see some close friends, um, and then uh, about noon, um, we had. I got ready for the event, and then um, drove an extremely long three minutes to Choose Life Church, and um, then we. I did my sound check. Uh, that was pretty cool. Walking into those doors and seeing all those seats, you know, it's like. I think it was a, a thousand five hundred seater or something, and you're like, "Whoa, that's a lot of people!" Um, but yeah, all excitement, and, and then sound check, um, and then I went, popped over to the artist lounge, and pretty much stayed, pretty much um, stayed there for like I guess five hours or something, and then um, when it was my slot, my time, my turn, <laughs> I performed. I never get nervous, you know. It's really weird. I don't get nervous ever. I enjoy performing. I like talking and I like interacting um, with the crowd. But I, I'm always so parched when I get off that stage. It's like I, the adrenaline is always up, but I'm never nervous. And then I get so tired afterward. But yeah, that was pretty much it. <laughs> So you lay it out on the stage. There's nothing left when you get off. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so how was it to perform now with her, all of those young people before you loving your music? Because I did see a video of while you were performing and they loved it. But what did it feel like with you doing the actual making the music and seeing it connect with the people before you? Uh, it was pretty emotional. It was one point in the song, uh, the first song, Raise the Alarm, which debuted on Friday night. I uh, just looked over the crowd and I saw the way that they were, you know, like waving their glow sticks and phones in the air and stuff. And and they were actually singing with the lyrics. I was like, man, humans are pretty cool. They hear a melody like for a while. And then the second, like second verse or second repetition or something, they they sing with and it's sing along. And you're like, wow, this is so cool. <laughs> I mean, a crowd, your lyrics back to you is such a moving 
thing. And I, I think what's, what was even more incredible was the second song. Um, and I heard so many testimonies after the actual show of, of, of just a bunch of people. And that's the whole other thing, the whole post-show meet and greets and fan stuff is, is also pretty interesting. But um, anyway, one of the, uh, one of the cool testimonies was um, a girl came up to me and she said the second song changed her perspective on, on God being a hardened father. And, um, and it's not even a song that that's about that. It's not a, a father's heart song. It's way more of a repentance song, love laps, but it still touched her, and so that's that's the that's the best part of everything for me. That's why I do what I do is to get that reaction, that have that impact on someone's life in three minutes is like insane. And I mean that is the thing about music; it is so subjective. I mean, you write something, there's a message yeah. you are conveying, and she heard something completely different, but what was exactly what yeah. she needed to hear? That is so god that thing there. Uh-huh. That is that, it, exactly because like people take the song and they make it their own. One of my friends is like, "Wow, this is the best alarm clock song ever." Raise the alarm! And I was like, <laughs> "Oh, are you serious? That's not what you're supposed." But okay, take the comedy side. Glad you made it your own. You know, people make it their own, and that is. That is what you want. And more than that, that is what God does. He speaks to people through songs because it's so powerful and subjective, as you say. Okay, tell me now, beforehand, you said there were hours that you were there behind stage. Um, did the artists, could yeah. you speak to one another, connect a bit? Oh, yes. I had the most bomb of a time with, um, with all, pretty much all the artists. Um, and one of them in particular was DJ Maestro. And I found out that He's, he's 21, and he's with um, a, a label as well, uh, um, similar to mine, but it's um, in overseas. And he, um, he, a publishing label, and he told me, you know, his story. And we started talking about music and about pr- production. And we found out we both have a passion for, for production and being involved with our own production when we um, make a record or something. And then he, um, it, it turned out, he knew... Um, my youth pastor in George Rickus, and um, we had he, we, he actually a previous song that I wrote with another group called Messengers Presence. We actually sent that song to him to remix it, and he hadn't gotten to remixing it yet. He wanted to make a remix and release it. Um, and uh, then we started talking, and he was like, "Hold on a minute, you're the guy who wrote Presence, and you know Rickus." And I was like, "Yes, and you're the guy who's not getting back to us." So it was. Very nice encounters with um, with some of the artists backstage. You see, now he's going to go home and he's going to actually do something about it because he had that conversation <laughs> with you because you're not that just another song now. You're now the person behind the song. I mean, that's what makes the difference. That, to me, is yes. one of the reasons why I do interviews with artists is because just because you've got a few vocal cords that are shaped in the right way and you're wired in a way that you can create music doesn't give you any kind of character or anything like that. I need to find out who the person is behind the music. And that's what's why I was asking that's you now, great. the people that you met behind stage, because they were the people from um, Revelation Enterprises. I love their music, and they're a big group that's of worshippers. Yeah. Um, so tell me about yeah. the people, more people, who, who you met behind stage and, and what you liked about yeah. them. So Revelation Enterprises, I had a conversation with them about um, 
worship and the heart of worship. And what they told me was almost like they had taken Bible school or something. It was like um, unbelievable how I like you. I don't really know a lot of the artists because I'm not very clued up <laughs> with South African artists, but they're unbelievably good musicians and um, they revelation enterprises. Um, just like the lead singer told me there, um, some of their most important work is, um, and I think they did one or two originals as well. All original. To, to be, all. Yeah, all original, mm. exactly. And and the theology in those songs is so well. I mean, it's it's just jam-packed full of theology. And that is major passion for me. And one of the others was Salat Lech Ganesh. And I, I love punk. So <laughs> I love punk rock and punk. So just, I had so many cool conversations with them about um, one of the guitars about he had a Telecaster, but what what tone he was using, and he was using a Helix for his effects, and I just love those kind of conversations. Um, and there's CJ, um, who I love and respect a lot. He is a pastor in Jeffreys Bay, and I actually know him from another songwriting retreat, which I've been going on with with James um, Pringle, my mentor, for a while now. We go like to Franchuk and Durban and stuff. And then we write songs for Shofar Band and Worship Awake. And I actually met CJ at one of the Worship Awakes in Live Village in Durban. That was like two months ago. And he was like, hey, aren't you going to perform a Godly Revolution? I was like, yeah. Are you? Wait, you too? He's like, yeah. So um, that was nice. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't remember. I didn't talk to everyone for hours, but I definitely had some really good conversations with most of the artists. Because it does make a difference to speak to someone who's been in it. I mean, Stratlach and his and them, they've been in there for a while. Metanoia, CJ, yeah. they've really been in yeah. the industry, in inverted commas, for a long time. Um, did, yeah. you, did you, like, in these conversations with them, ever ask them what they've learned? Or, you know, so just tap them for a little industry information. Yeah. I think that high on the mountain wisdom just trickles through their conversations anyway. I picked up on a few things. I didn't specifically ask, but like, um, yeah, CJ uh, always tells me, you know, you're in it. Um, I mean, James, um, you're in it for the long run. Um, and, and you know, it's a marathon with Jesus. And CJ basically said exactly the same thing to me last week. And so I'm like, well, these guys know what's really important, mm. quote unquote, in the industry is that um, it's not really about making it. Um, it's about what what do songs give people? You know, what what do you what do you have to say? What message do you? Because I fully believe in excellent production um, and in really high quality. Because you want to give the Lord your best, you know, mm-hmm. and um, and really expressing yourself. It's art, man. It's also art. We mustn't forget that even though a lot of these songs we write as Christian artists um, should be theologically accurate. Um, and should reflect God's character in one way or another, um, or at least a journey that we're on. But excellence is so important. But it doesn't help you have an amazing production, and then your journey with Jesus has become just another thing on the sideline, you know. So, um, or, or just, you know, you're, you're labeling yourself a Christian artist, but are you really walking that journey? And do your songs reveal that, you know? And CJ, like, he's a rapper, but I mean... He was basically his one song, um, Here I Am, I think that's the one, um, is basically Romans 9. I mean, if you, if, you, if you dissect that song, it's Romans 9 and it's, it's um, 
has been one other letter that Paul wrote the, about the kingdom um, right, of righteousness, peace, and joy. I mean, and it's it's such a banger of a song, and yet it's just yeah. That's what I learned from artists like that. It's just like local artists because we can name our Brian Johnsons and our Jeremy Riddles, which I love and look up to, but like locally, what's happening locally? Who's walked the walk locally, you know? And so being able to chat with those people and just hear, you know, what, how, and just by, man, you can just watch someone, just observe them, just how they carry themselves, who they, how they, who they talk to, how they, conduct themselves what their songs reveal you know you can just you just pick up someone's been in it and done it i was really privileged to be in the presence of such amazing people you know what impresses me um is humility it's how they speak to people these people that have made it or have been there a long time it's so easy to get blasé i remember um i had a conversation with mervis once and we were talking about yeah. i mean his thing is the presence of the lord he does worship and it's you know um, connecting with the holy spirit all of that and he was saying with this one conversation he was saying that it's so easy to get used to this and to get blasé yeah. is to get is to if you worship every Sunday and this is what you do and you've got a set list you get safe you get you get comfortable in doing this thing that you by now know how to do well, and then he's found that yeah. it'll be a while since he's actually really connected with God and that's why I like when you were saying now like James with Shofar and with and the Revelation Enterprises they they connected with Doxadeo churches and their lyrics are submitted to a church to people who check it for being theologically correct so that because you as much as you want to stay close to God and as much as you want to read your Bible and know that what you know is the truth that you know, if you're not submitted to someone else, a wider body yeah. that can check you up, yeah. it's, it's actually pride. It's thinking that, that you're not going to fall like Solomon, King Solomon in all his wisdom. He fell just as much when he stopped being obedient. Absolutely. Yeah, you cannot be too careful. And even I'm doing, and I, I could so relate to that whole pride thing where um, – I'm doing Bible school now and I'm in my third and final year with Shofar Bible School. But like, so I, I can very easily think, oh, wow. Like I'm a big fan of poetic license and, and <laughs> poetry and, and imagery and finding a fresh language for age old ancient truths. Um, and so I really almost pride myself in that. And then, and so what, what James and I have been doing recently is I would write like a song or submit songs that I've written, um, not just for myself, but also for like show for band if we have any ideas. And then, um, you know, I, uh, there's these two songs that I sent him um, that, I, that I wrote last year somewhere and I've been refining for a while. And I thought, man, he's just going to send me a voice note crying, saying, um, this is what's going through my head. I'm the amazing <laughs> prodigy the next big thing, you know, that's what I expected. And in my heart, that, that pride was there. And then the, the message he sent me was, wow, amazing song. Just not super, super accurate in certain areas. I'll get back to you on that one with a shop emoji. And I was like, wow, thanks, James. Yo. But like, the point is, he he's been doing this for so long and I'm so blessed to have him in my life. He's the most solid worship leader that I've ever had had the privilege of worshiping with and, and being able to lead me and mentor me so well because he is unbelievably humble. He he believes, I mean, he just shared his testimony at churches about his struggle with 
um, certain things. And the way that his vulnerability and his big thing that he tells me is that vulnerability before God is everything. And you cannot connect with God if you're not vulnerable before God. You are, your heart almost goes back into this state of hardness if you don't constantly stay in the secret place and constantly humble yourself and have someone who humbles you and keeps you humble and and teachable and accountable. And that revealed what was going on in my thoughts that pierced straight through like, and God's like, huh? No, no, no. Remember (laughs) you are, you are my servant. You are not a rock star. So like, even though you may write amazing things and you may have a gift for finding fresh language for things, it's not, it's not you. You didn't do anything to deserve that. You don't deserve it. I gave it to you as a gift to use for my glory. And having someone like James as a as an accountability partner and as someone who just um, sits behind you and 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 even though he backs you, he can tell you he will he will criticize me like he will <laughs> he will really bring down the hammer if it needs to if I am out of place. So it's really. That kind of, that's a really healthy place to be in. And that's where God can really use you is when you're like, God, you know what? I'm just here. My hands are open. God is free. You know, do, do what you want, you know? <laughs> yeah, humility isn't always so lacking. <laughs> no, it's... In Afrikaans, we say the aki vali fraki. It's worth it. <laughs> it's worth it. It's necessary. Okay, well, let's get your song. It launched at Godly Revolution, officially video and all. Raise the alarm. Yeah. Okay, let's listen to the song. We're going to post the video so everyone can see what it looks like. But I don't just want them to see you with your trumpet and looking all happy singing your song. I want them to get what you're trying to say. What was on your heart when you yeah. wrote this song? Awesome. So um, I'd say this is one of my more, it's definitely not a worship song. <laughs> it is a, um, it's a very, I like to experiment with different genres and um and like the music that comes out of me is very much unique to me. So if people ask me, what genre is it? It's so hard for me to pinpoint. I say, you know, there's a bit of rock influence, a bit of alternative. Here and there is a bit of like maybe uh, a blues sound with the chords and stuff. But it is unique to me musically. And the message of the song, I, I started writing the chorus in math. So uh, <laughs> some of my best songs come out of math. So I was sitting there and um, uh, drawing on my guitar and then I just heard the chorus, uh, raise the alarm chorus. And I was like, oh man, I got to Oh, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to skip math period. I got to write this song. <laughs> and I started working on it. And about a month later, I still didn't have a bridge, which is probably my favorite part of the song is the bridge. But yeah, I guess the lyrical content is all about the journey. And that's why the music video is also a journey. Um, but uh, it's basically a reflection on my life journey with um, disappointment. And like you get in seasons, you know, and I always, there's this one thing that my pastor always says, God never wastes a season. Um, And I'm always like, yeah, it's just another fancy thing we say, but I didn't get that until recently um, where God just came through for me. I just experienced breakthrough not breakthrough as in hashtag blessed, I got a Mercedes. No, breakthrough as in he did something in my life that that marked me, that made me just re realize for the second, first time and very strongly 
that my calling is to worship and to be a worshiper. Um, but anyway, I'd felt dry and I hadn't felt that I'd experienced this love for a long time. And I think a lot of things that just happened in my life um, with relationship stuff as well. It's just like, I've been so disappointed that, you know, you just, you succumb to this numbness, to this allowing this almost grudge that you hold towards God. It's like this thorn in your side that you carry around with you. And, and you just, you, it just, it, it come, becomes part of your life. You just kind of ignore it. And it's actually so sad, but raise the alarm. And, and, and the, the chorus of the song is basically about, and, and from the pre-chorus leading up to the chorus, it's that journey where suddenly God does this amazing thing in your life, in your heart, and he just reveals how much he loves you once again. And just your calling. It's like, it's like having a conversation with, with a king and, and just like imagine having a conversation with the king of a country telling you, you are out of all these regular civilians, the most special and um, and close to his and dear to his heart and that you have a very specific calling. I mean, that's what it feels like. And it just, it raises alarms in your head. You know, like when someone talks to you and you're like, whoa, this is a sketch character. It's like, <laughs> whoa, this is not possible. How, how? Because you've been disappointed so long, you get used to it. It becomes your norm. And then when, when God comes through like that, it's just, yeah, it's unbelievable experience to realize that, wow, God is good beyond what I can think or measure. And it's about being surprised by love. One sentence, surprised by love, I guess. God's love. Yeah. 